Well, thanks for joining us this morning. My name is Vicar Joshua Teggetts. It's an honor to be here with you and to share God's word with you this morning. This weekend, we especially celebrate Life Sunday, where we realize that our lives and all life is precious to our God in heaven. So I want to start this morning by sharing some of the words we just sang uh, from the hymn, Just As I Am Without One Plea. This is just a couple verses from the hymn. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. How many of you have sung or heard this hymn before this morning? All right. It's a pretty famous hymn. It's inspired and comforted God's people for almost 200 years. And so I was curious where it came from. What was the context of it being written? And so I did some digging, and here's what I found. This hymn was written by English poet Charlotte Elliott, in the year 1834. And a very famous hymn, the most famous of the hymns that she wrote, but it wasn't meant to be famous initially. In fact, if you read through all the verses, this is a very personal, intimate hymn. It's a hymn that records what may have been the darkest moment in Charlotte's life. In 1821, when Charlotte was 32 years old, she suffered a severe physical illness that left her bedridden for the remaining 50 years of her life. And in 1834, the year this hymn was written, she was alone in her bed, unable to help as her entire community gathered together throwing a fundraiser to build a new school in their community. And she had a heart for this kind of thing, and everyone was there, her family, her friends, her neighbors, everyone but her. She felt useless. She felt cast aside like her life didn't matter anymore. And I can just imagine her crying to God in that moment, God, does my life matter to you? Lodge that question in your brain. We'll return to it in a few minutes. But it was in in that dark moment of spiritual struggle that Charlotte drew upon a central teaching her pastor had taught her. He had told her, Charlotte, God comes to us just as we are. Suddenly, she realized once more that it didn't depend on her physical abilities or limitations. It didn't even depend on her worthiness. It depended solely on the blood of Jesus, which cleansed her of all sin. God saw Charlotte. God saved her. And even though she didn't know it at the time, God would send her through these words to comfort countless people in similar circumstances. 
There are two phrases that pop up in every verse of this hymn. Just as I am, and O Lamb of God, I come, I come. These are words of invitation into our Father's kingdom. And they're words we need to hear this morning. Because even if you're familiar with them, as many of you are, even if you've sung them multiple times, I'm not sure I live by them. I remember a powerful sermon my home pastor gave several years ago, back when I was in middle school, hard to believe. But he used the image of a sack. He said, all throughout the week, we're carrying this sack on our backs. And it starts out empty. But as we go day by day, it gets heavier and heavier, more and more full as we start agging, whether it's the sins that we struggle with or the sins that we suffer at the hands of others. Maybe it's the crosses that you're bearing right now. Maybe you're in the midst of grief and doubt and uncertainty and that bag gets heavier and heavier until God invites us to come here once more to bring that to him, to give it to him and to receive what he offers in return. His grace, his forgiveness. And I love that image. I love it. But I'm not sure I live by that. Well, I wish I was so bold to heave my sack of sin and shame and shortcomings to church week in, week out, to give it to my Lord, wearing this t-shirt to church just as I am. I think I come to church more often than not with this shirt on. Just as I wish I was. I'd rather leave that sack tied up at home to deal with later so that no one can see it least of all, God. wonder if you've had a similar experience. In a culture of social media and profile pictures and status updates where our goal is to put our best foot forward for everyone to see, maybe this is how we've come to approach church. How many of you have thought to yourselves that to be here, you need to somehow get your act together? To get rid of that sin, to get rid of that messiness in your life, to leave that sack at home so that no one can see. This is why these words are so important for us to hear this morning. Charlotte reminds us through these words that God sees us and invites us to his house just as we are. We see in our gospel reading from the book of Mark just how differently our God sees. He's walking by the Sea of Galilee and he sees four fishermen, Peter and Andrew, and then later on, James and John. But he doesn't just see them in front of him physically. He sees their hearts. Sure, he saw the skills and the abilities that they presented for ministry. But he also saw their sin, their shortcomings, their fears, their doubts, all the crosses they were bearing. And what does Jesus do? He calls them. Follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. 
What? He's calling the guy who will deny him three times? The guys who called down wrath on God's people who were unbelievers with not a shred of mercy in mind? He's calling those disciples that would abandon him at his darkest hour. Really? If I was Jesus, you know, surely I could have gone back to the drawing board, maybe reconsidered my options, gotten better recruits next time. But Jesus doesn't do that. And that's the whole point. He calls them. We see that over and over again in the Gospels. We see it over and over again throughout the history of the church, and we see it over and over again here and now because our God calls us to, you and me, to follow him. Because you see, Jesus doesn't wait for a sinful world to get its act together. St. Paul puts it this way in Romans. He says, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us in that while we were still singers, Christ died for us. While. What a small but life-transforming word, right? Not after we had gotten ourselves ready for him. Not after we became the people we wish we were. But while. While we were in the muck of sin and death, our God saw us and he came to save us. And when we see church like that, not as a place for perfect put together people, because broken singers in need of a savior, in need of refuge, as people whose sacks are so heavy that we need somewhere to bring it, the conversation changes entirely. Suddenly, it's not, I have to go to church again. But it's, oh, Lamb of God, I come, I come. I can do nothing else. Take it. In Ephesians, the reading we just heard a few minutes ago, Paul lays it out quite clear that our salvation is by grace through faith. It is not our own doing but it is the gift of God, not our own works, so that no man may boast. Despite our sins, despite the liabilities we may present, God sees us, God saves us, and God sends us. Paul continues in verse 10, he says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our salvation is certain. It is finished, Jesus cried from the cross. It's done. But the church is not done. We are his workmanship. Not we were. Not we will be when Jesus returns again, but we are here and now daily under construction for his glory. And this sending, it's something that we all share as Christians. But it's also very personal to each of us. God sends each and every one of you 
to be his hands and feet to the people he has placed in your life in a way that only you can do. I remember very clearly last April when I received the call, the assignment here, St. Lawrence Lutheran Church, Frankenmuth, Michigan, Michigan District. And I hate to say it, but my first reaction was, St. who? And I've learned a little bit more since then. But my second reaction, when I turned around and I saw all the vicars and interns ready to go out on a year of ministry, I thought to myself, well, who's going to be the best of us? Who's going to come out on top when we get back? Have you ever had that thought before? Maybe you see someone a couple chairs down from you and you think to yourself, well, look at all their skills. Look at what God is doing in their life. Who am I? What is God using me for? God has a promise for you this morning that you are his workmanship, each and every one of you. And he has prepared beforehand the works that you are to do. And he promises to work through you, through what he has given you to accomplish that. And when we sin, when we fail, when we stumble, God promises to work even through that to share the light and the love of Jesus with others. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is reassured by Jesus when he's struggling. Jesus tells him, my grace, grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Thanks be to God for that, right? I want you to carry those words with you this week. My power is made perfect in weakness. Does your life matter to God? Brothers and sisters in Christ, it absolutely does. Your life is so precious and priceless to your Father in heaven that he saw you before the foundation of the world, that he sent his son Jesus to save you from your sins, and that he sends you each and every day as his workmanship to be his hands and his feet in a world that needs to receive his gifts. And when our sacks get so heavy throughout the week, to the point that we're dragging them, we can't carry them anymore. God invites you back here to his house to give it to him, to receive what he gives you, his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. And how better to respond to that than just to say, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. In the name of Jesus who sees us, saves us, and sends us just as we are. Amen. One way we get to praise our Father in heaven is to give our tithes and our offerings to him. And as members of St. Lawrence, you have multiple ways you can do that, either digitally or we have uh, baskets in the back of our worship space. And we thank you for that support. Please stand as we approach our Father in prayer.
Lord God, Heavenly Father, you sent your Son, Jesus, for the whole world so that you might draw all people to yourself. You see us, you save us, and you now send us, just as we are, into the world to proclaim your wonderful works of grace and mercy to everyone we meet. Give us zeal and boldness to do that, defending all life from its beginning to its end, testifying to the world how precious life is to you. We pray for Lutherans for Life and all the organizations in our area that support and defend life. We pray for the Life Clinic in Saginaw, the Luke Clinic in Detroit, Franklin Avenue Mission, Wellspring Lutheran Services, Mega Lodge, and all assisted living facilities, nursing homes, and hospice agencies in our area. Equip those who work and volunteer in those places that they would remind everyone they serve how precious they are to God. This morning, we place into your care those who are sick and facing illness, including Dean Bickle, Marilyn Ferber, Linda Matuzek, Sharon Middleton, and Jennifer Shetler. Please dwell with them in these difficult days and reassure them that their lives are precious to you. According to your will, heal them and strengthen them in health and faith. Shepherd of your sheep, we remember the family and friends of Martha Kilbreth, mother of Rhonda Meyer, and Craig Baker, brother-in-law of Steve and Tammy Zender, who have departed this valley of sorrows to be with you eternally. Comfort their families in this time of grief and remind them that as you have called them to your eternal pastures, so you shall call all who are cleansed in the blood of the Lamb into those pastures. Lord of life, we give you thanks for new life that you have granted to Zach and Autumn Erlinger, a healthy boy, Levi Remus Erlinger, who was born this past week. Bless and keep Zach and Autumn as they care for Levi, and in accordance with your will, bring Levi to the saving waters of holy baptism. We also thank and commend to you those who protect life as first responders and military personnel, both here and abroad. We especially pray for your servants, Ryan Butler, Aidan Clark, Christopher Konzelman, and Stacy Corlew. Thank you for using them to protect and aid the lives of others. As our congregation, St. Lawrence, continues this year in your name, we pray that you would strengthen and equip our newly elected and appointed ministry council leaguers who were installed at our 930 service. Give them your wisdom to lead St. Lawrence in those paths pleasing to you, and thank you for all that you provide for us. All these prayers and those prayers that are on our hearts, we gather together in the words your son Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. 
We leave with a departing word from Ephesians 2.10. We say this together. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Six. 
Serve the Lord. Have a great week. One, two, three, four. Oh, get lost inside of your love. I want to let friends go out of these arms. Your presence, this is what the right belongs. Wanna get lost in your love?